Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers is a resource that'll help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, we hope you enjoy this repeat broadcast. Are you confused about the Mormon doctrine of salvation for the dead? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. I recall telling a story from many years ago when I was standing in front of the San Diego Temple during its six-week open house, being approached by two ladies on the sidewalk, and I could hear one of the women talking to her friend, explaining how, as a Latter-day Saint, she had shared what she believed to be the Mormon gospel with her mother, but that her mother had rejected that message. This lady was explaining to her friend, as they walked towards me, that that didn't really bother her much because she could go to this particular temple, or really any other Mormon temple, and do baptismal work on behalf of her mother after she died, and in her mind, she felt that that was good enough. The problem is, is that's really not Mormon doctrine. And that's why we want to talk about this misunderstanding that many people do seem to have regarding this very unique teaching that belongs to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that is the doctrine of salvation for the dead or even baptism for the dead. We're going to be looking at a book, The Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 2. It includes statements by the 10th president, Joseph Fielding Smith, and it was compiled by his son-in-law, Bruce McConkie, who would later become an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're looking at chapter 10, and we want to begin on page 184. Now, if you have the book and you're following along with us, you might wonder, why are we not starting at the beginning of the chapter? And the reason being, He asks this very question, or he states a fact, I should say, about false notions about salvation for the dead. Eric, what does Joseph Fielding Smith have to say about this on page 184? Salvation for the dead is grossly misunderstood by many of the Latter-day Saints. It is due to the justice of our Eternal Father that a chance for salvation and exaltation is given to every soul. Some of the spirits rejected their privilege and rebelled in the former existence and had to be punished. All the others were granted bodies and the privilege of abiding in covenants here that would give them salvation, with the provision that any of the number coming to earth who, for causes over which they had no control, were denied the privileges of obedience to gospel covenants in the mortal life should have that privilege in the spirit world after death. But the Lord did not offer to those who had every opportunity while in the mortal existence the privilege of another chance in the world of spirits. 
Now, if anybody's confused, you could probably be confused just by the paragraph that you read. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he throws out a lot of terms here that if you're not real familiar with those terms, at least in the context of Mormonism, it can be very confusing. And so I'm not totally shocked that even among Latter-day Saints, as Joseph Fielding Smith admits here, that many Latter-day Saints don't really have a clear understanding of it. But when he says salvation for the dead is grossly misunderstood by many of the Latter-day Saints, if you're not a Latter-day Saint and you're confused, I guess you're in good company because even members themselves can be very confused about this. And I personally think that that woman that I just told you about back in 1993 when I overheard this conversation as they were walking towards me, she certainly misunderstood the concept of baptism for the dead or salvation for the dead. But the way Joseph Fielding Smith says this in the next sentence is kind of confusing in and of itself. It is due to the justice of our eternal Father that a chance for salvation and exaltation is given to every soul. Some of the spirits rejected their privilege and rebelled in the former existence and had to be punished. Well, who is Joseph Fielding Smith referring to? He's referring to our spirit brothers and sisters who joined our other brother, Lucifer, in rebelling against Heavenly Father and our other brother, Jehovah, as he was known in the pre-existence, that would be Jesus Christ. One-third of our spirit brothers joined with Lucifer in his rebellion against the fact that Jesus, or Jehovah at this time, was chosen to be the Savior of the world. Obviously, Lucifer wanted that job, and he wanted to force everyone into believing what Mormons believe to be the restored gospel. Now, that sounds very confusing if you're not even familiar with a lot of those terms, but that's the best way I think I can explain so far. We've talked about it before, but if God is a God of justice, and yet he relegates these spirits who disobeyed because they did not follow Jesus, but rather follow Lucifer, and that's one-third. We're talking several billion, at least, minimum, of all the spirits that were in the pre-existence are going to not have an opportunity, a second opportunity to be able to hear the gospel, even if they never heard the gospel the first time. And I think it's important to emphasize, folks, that that one-third of those spirit children, our brothers and sisters, if Mormonism is true, they become the demons because of that error that they made in rebelling against Heavenly Father. They have become the demons. So demons according to Mormonism, are really our brothers and sisters that we have to assume we knew in the pre-existence. But of course, all our memory of the pre-existence is wiped away when we come into mortality, according to LDS teaching. Bill, Smith says that they had to be punished. And you know what? All people who are on this earth deserve to be punished. The Bible's very clear that the wages of sin is death. And so the idea that all people have sinned, we have all fallen short of what God's glory is, and yet here these people, these spirits don't get the same opportunity that people 
as bad as they can be, if they never heard the gospel, are going to have the opportunity to hear in the next life that these other spirits will never get to hear. Yeah, there isn't a lot written on this subject by Mormon leaders, but it makes you wonder, well, if they saw that they had committed such a gross sin in the preexistence, did they get the opportunity to repent of that? We don't know. I, I can't even recall thinking about it right now of any leader that ever said that they had the opportunity to repent in the preexistence but refused to do so. It just seems like from what we have for us is that they committed the sin and because of that sin, they were automatically going to be banished to outer darkness and would eventually become the demons. This was a topic of conversation I had with one Latter-day Saint a few years ago. And I mentioned the unfairness, it seems, that this one sin would get them disqualified from ever being able to go to any of the kingdom's glory. And his response to me was, well, they committed a grievous sin. I said, have you ever committed grievous sins? Have you ever disobeyed God when he told you to do something? He says, all the time. I said, well, how many times have you done that? Many times, he said. Does it seem fair that these spirits only had apparently this one opportunity with, as you said, no opportunity to repent of what they did. And the way Joseph Fielding Smith states it here, all the others were granted bodies, and that would be you and I. Mm -hmm. We did not join in that rebellion. And so we were granted bodies, as he says here, and the privilege of abiding in covenants here that would give them salvation with the provision that any of the number coming to earth who for causes over which they had no control were denied the privileges of obedience to gospel covenants in the mortal life should have that privilege in the spirit world after death. But then that next sentence, read that next sentence again, Eric. But the Lord did not offer to those who had every opportunity while in this mortal existence the privilege of another chance in this world of spirits. And that's what causes, I think, a lot of confusion. Not what Joseph Fielding Smith says earlier, that it has to do with the justice of our eternal Father. It has more to do with what does it mean by every opportunity? Now, he has the word every in that phrase, every opportunity. The word every is italicized. So he's emphasizing the word every. But what does that mean? In years past, when the missionaries would come to our homes, they had six distinct lessons that they were supposed to give the investigator in order to convince them to join the church. Is that the outline we have to assume a person must know in order to not hold themselves responsible of this? It doesn't say. Is it one visit from missionaries? Is it 10 visits? Is it 100 visits? Is it having your family tell you at every gathering about Mormonism? As you mentioned, Bill, we're not told what every opportunity is, but it seems like maybe more could be done. And let's say you did only have one opportunity. Missionaries came to your door, and you never got to talk to missionaries again. What if those missionaries did not do a proper job of explaining what Mormonism is? is all about. Could somebody approach the judgment throne and say, that's not fair that I didn't have the opportunity that uh, I should have had because those missionaries did not do their job correctly? I think these are fair questions. I don't think there's a real solid answer that's been put forth by the LDS church that explains what this means, but he is the one that uses that expression, every opportunity. Then he goes on to talk about the endowment and sealing work for the dead is for those who died without having had the opportunity to hear and receive the gospel. 
Also, for those who were faithful members of the church who lived in foreign lands or where during their lifetime they did not have the privilege to go to a temple, yet they were converted and were true members of the church. The work for the dead is not intended for those who had every opportunity to receive it, who had it taught to them, and who then refused to receive it or had not interest enough to attend to these ordinances when they were living. And that's what raises the question regarding that conversation that I heard. If this lady had, in fact, explained Mormonism to her mother in an in-depth way, gave her what we would assume to be every opportunity, would this individual's work on behalf of her dead mother bear any fruit? It doesn't sound like it would. He ends this section by saying, So many of the members of the church have the thought that if they do not do the work for dead friends— They are sure to be neglected and the opportunity will never come to them. And I think the context here is referring to those who lived in the foreign lands who did not have an opportunity to attend a temple for some reason. This is why I believe the Mormon church has been very energetic in building temples all over the world. What I think they're doing is they're trying to take away that excuse that you really do have the opportunity now because they have so many of these temples throughout the world that there's really no reason why you shouldn't. But he finishes that paragraph by saying, we should remember that in his justice, the Lord will never permit one soul to be lost who is worthy of salvation. Every person who is entitled to the blessings will receive them. In tomorrow's show, we're going to continue looking at what 10th President Joseph Fielding Smith had to say regarding this doctrine known as salvation for the dead. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.